Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, world. Before we get to the show, I forgot to mention that we will be running a playoff contest on runyourpool.com. The link is available in the description of this podcast and also on twitter.com slash gridirongamble. One entry per person. Contest starts with the first week of the playoffs. And each week you submit a fantasy lineup of nine players, one quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, one tight end, one flex, a kicker, kickers wanted Brett, and a defense you can only pick those players once during the playoffs so plan accordingly deadlines for the rosters are set each week before sunday 1 p.m however if you pick players in earlier games of course you must do so before that kickoff time prizes the weekly winner will get a ten dollar shop moneyline.com gift card and a gridiron gamble coffee mug and for the entire playoffs, first place will get a $100 Amazon gift card and a Shop Moneyline hoodie. Second place will get a $50 Amazon gift card and a Shop Moneyline t-shirt. Third place, $25 for the Amazon gift card, a ShopMoneyline.com t-shirt. And fourth through tenth will all get a Gridiron Gamble mug. Get in the contest. Pick some players. Best of luck this weekend. The only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ron, and I'm joined by the entire collective at 5.30 a.m. Pacific time. We have, I don't even know the order, I'm so tired. We have The Disciple. The Disciple. Brett Colson, Donnie, D.P. Peters, and the resident moose himself, Mo Nawara. I'm staring at three quite chipper individuals for... This time of record, Moe's freezing. He's got a blanket on. He looks like uh, a cross between Mr. Rogers and your neighborly grandmother who needs assistance bringing her groceries to her car after a daily trip to get what she needs for that evening's supper. And Brett, finally, with some artwork behind him. Specifically, a really dope, what is that? Is that even like a jersey or is it just a a poster? 
of the come. It's like yeah, it's it's a jersey. The, com- the uh, comeback, like custom made, signed by members it's of the signed, 1993 bro. Bills. Yeah. Frank Reich, Marv Levy, Steve. I got a kicker autograph on there. Steve Christie oh, kicked no. the game winner against the Oilers. Kickers never you won. Can't rely on Scott Norwood. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Man. Yeah, we had to can Norwood. We got a we got a go kicker in Christie. Yeah, the Oilers got got on a cold day in Buffalo. Another one will be upcoming this weekend where we were there for the first tilt between Brett's fighting. The Bills make me wanna and Donnie's New England Patriots. Traditionally, most podcasts maybe they would have a fun sweat, a fun bets, some banter, but Donnie's over no. it. Donnie's over it. He, no, he's not it's not even Donnie's Patriots anymore. He doesn't care. He doesn't. Donnie, what's going on? What do you mean what's going on? Tom left. I'm Team Tommy. Absolutely life. sickening. Absolutely sickening. Before we get into the wild card weekend festivities, we have some house cleaning to take care of, starting with our overall pool that we started all the way back in week one. It goes through the playoffs, but to update you, currently the leader is the GOAT. Five kids all in. He's 153-117-2 on the season. Absolutely wrecking. Better than every member of the collective thus far. Behind him are LJ Hunt, who has 148 points. Six points below five kids all in. Bishop Sycamore, the GOAT, John O'Brien, 145. F. Stano, 142. And then Mickey Doffs at 138. So unless five kids all in blows it, he's got a beanbag set coming his way. And then in the top of the moose, contest our college bowl pick'em it was a sweat there there was at the beginning it looked like everybody was gonna topple the moose towards the end it looked like nobody was gonna topple the moose finally three individuals toppled the moose dogs on top by three points and elson and matt c by one point the moose finished 23 and 14 well done moose couple of people tied there but did not topple them. So we're going to randomize these raffle tickets. But instead of just picking some names out of a hat, we're going to assign a quarterback for each ticket this weekend. So Dogs on Top will have three quarterbacks. Elson and Matt will have one apiece. Whoever throws for the most yards gets to topple the moose. Tiebreaker will be, how about QBR as a tiebreaker in the un- of the unlikely event that two quarterbacks throw for, the, throw for the exact yardage. So, DP, you've got the names there randomized. Ready? Yeah, you want them? Yeah, let's go. Dogs on top, number one. Dogs on top. His first entry is Derek Carr. Next. Matt C. Matt C. His only entry is the fake goat, Tom Brady. Love it. Don't love it. Who's next? <laughs> Dogs on top. Dogs on top. Second entry gets Josh Allen and then Buffalo Bills. Next. Elson 17. Elson got the real goat. He's got Patrick, Levon, Canton, Mahomes, the second. And then rounding it out, once again, Dogs on top. If he is a Dogs fan and didn't just select him for the bull pool, he might be happy. 
because he has Matthew Stafford rounding it out, a former Bulldog himself. And those are the quarterbacks. Has anyone ever figured out what QBR is? I, nope. <laughs> I was looking at the box scores <laughs> for that Buffalo game against the Falcons where Josh Allen threw three picks and he had like a 60-something QBR. I was like, how is this not four? <laughs> What is this? <laughs> this stat is fake. Throw it away. <laughs> if your team wins, I think you're like automatically at 60. I don't I don't know how that works. So we'll we'll tweet those out after the show just to make them official. But best of luck in the top of the moose contest. We've got a pizza in there, a shirt. You even get to come on the pod and talk shit to Mo. The one thing I do like about QBR is that it is a zero to one hundred scale. Like we need to get better at some of this stuff. Right? Like, if we're creating these formulas, like, at the end, like, let's make it consumable. Yeah, why is passer rating going to 150? Like, who did that? Who, who, is so who came up with that formula? Did all that. And that just stopped. Yeah, like, yeah, they did all this work, right? They, like, quantified things that are very unquantifiable. And then they were like, this is my work. I'm done. Like you don't you don't even have to be perfect to get a one fifty eight point three rating. It's so dumb. <laughs> but then an unprofessional goes to, like, 200. Unbelievable. Wild card weekend. We begin on Saturday with a game that is puzzling to me and seems to be puzzling for the rest of the collective as well. Vegas will travel to Cincinnati. Raiders at Bengals. This one opened six and a half and is ticked down to five and a half, both at influential offshore books and legal regulated Books, which you should be playing at if you are here in the great United States of America. And if you don't already have an account, you should go to thelines.com slash betting to make sure you get the best promo code and best offers that you can. And we're looking at the board today at thelines.com slash odds. The blended look, as Mo so lovingly touted yesterday. And we all love the dog in the spot. Taking the five and a half with the Raiders. DP, I guess this is your team now. You're no longer a Patriots fan. This is your hometown backyard. Derek Carr every year wins you a passing prop, puts money in your pocket, and you got the best of the number, right? You already have a plus six ticket. I do have a plus six ticket. Um, Listen, I understand this Raiders offense isn't exactly an all-world offense, not the sexiest offense out there, but... Darren Waller figures to be back in the lineup once again. He looks pretty good running around last week. Um, and, and I think what they can do on the offensive side of the ball matching up with the Cincinnati defense is is pretty good for them. Carr is solid. Uh, Renfro's been doing the damn thing every single fucking week. Um, Josh Jacobs is fine out of the backfield. You know, all in all, I think they have enough to, to move the ball. On the other side, you know, I look at the Bengals and I see that their weakness is the offensive line, you know, allowing a lot of pressures against Joe Burrow. I think they had the second most sacks in the regular season. Um, and a team like the Raiders who can get after the passer, specifically Crosby on the edge, that guy's an absolute freak just getting back there, I think is just going to spell a bit of trouble. You know, not that the Bengals can't win this game, but. I was able to get that that full six points, and, and I love it. And now I'm seeing some fives out there, too. So love it even more. Yeah, I was going to say, looking across the board, there's even a four and a half at FanDuel. I'm looking in Arizona right now. If I pull up New Jersey, yeah, FanDuel's still hanging that four and a half in New Jersey as well. You bring up the Bengals' offensive line, 31st in adjusted sack rate. 
Vegas, for some reason, DVOA has really tanked them as the season has gone along. 24th in adjusted sack rate, but PFF still rates them quite high. Fifth in pass rush. Before record, we were starting to discuss some futures, and Mo was very sour on Cincinnati. He he was more talking about how he thinks the, the Titans might be underrated in the market. More on that in a little bit. But the, the thing that he brought up was he thinks that 85% of people will take the Bengals over the Titans, and he thinks that's wrong. So sounds like you've soured on your heartthrob, Jamar Chase, and Joe Burrow. You love Joe Burrow. Love Joe Burrow. No, I like the Bengals. I just I think the Titans are better than people are giving them credit for, and the Bengals probably aren't as good as people are giving them credit for. Um, Yeah, this one, I'm totally in agreement with the market. I think the move on the Raiders was correct. Uh, uh, one thing that's interesting about this game is there's actually like some situational stinkage for the Raiders here. Uh, you know, they're coming off a monster win that saved their season. Just max exertion over time. Everybody sore, everybody tired, and now they have to play Saturday. <laughs> so I'm sure they really are really big fans of the league scheduling office right I now. I think that's why 60% of people are clicking Cincy, though. I think that's something that pe- that is already baked into this number, but people think they're getting value by taking the Bengals. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and yeah, and, and it's coming after the Bengals have a bye, basically, too. Like, just rested everybody. I mean, it's just really does kind of a, a sucky spot for the Raiders, but... That being said, I mean, I, I do think they match up okay with Cincy. Like Donnie said, um, you know, I've been calling for them to just hurl the rock all year. They finally did it the last two, like, real games they played, Cincinnati. And and it worked, you know. Uh, but this game, I actually do think it's going to require, like, a little bit of a delicate balancing act here. You can't just go crazy throwing the ball against the Raiders when your O-line stinks. Max Crosby might break Burrow in half. I know the O-line is is awful, but it's also a little bit on Burrow. He likes to kind of hold the ball. He's got a little he's got a little Kirk Cousins in him where he just like is is so averse to throwing picks. He's not wanting to like get rid of the ball at times when he probably should. And I I think he overestimates kind of his his mobility and ability to escape the rush at times especially after his injury. I just don't think he's got as much mobility as he kind of thinks he does. And it's not, it's not going to work if, if he keeps trying to scramble away from pressure. And I, basically, I, I just don't know if I trust the Bengals coaching staff, Zach Taylor, to just kind of find that balance. Um, I, I do think they need to run the ball, I guess is what I'm getting at here. And uh, but, but not run it so much like they were earlier in the season when it was kind of coming at the expense of the passing game. And uh, yeah, I, I think just with everyone in love with Cincy and and line going the other way, I, I do like the Raiders here. Uh, I, I like the under a little bit too, I think. Um, so I think that one ticked down a little bit too. And, and I think I'm with the market there too. I was impressed with the Raiders tackling and their safeties and just how they were able to diagnose plays against the Chargers. I, I think if they play like that and they wrap up, uh, yeah, I, I like Raiders in the under here. And even coverage. I mean... Obviously, Herbert made some amazing throws and was able to get the Chargers across the line, hashtag when it mattered. But he threw 30 incompletions, right? So, like, the Raiders, the Raiders bared down and played defense 
when necessary. It's just in this league, good offense is going to beat good defense. We finish with Brett, who is a little bit of a whisper for both these teams this season. 12-4-1 in Bengals games, 11-6 in Raiders games. So, Brett, I think I think we might be able to land this plane with you being on our side here. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I like the race. I'm, I'm looking at this box score from the first time these two teams met. How the hell did Cincy win this game by 19? 4.1 yards per play. What was this? What was this? I need to go <laughs> back and watch this. This is like thing. straight up Raiders red zone suckage like it's been all year. I, yeah. I had the Raiders in that game. I remember I, I, be, I picked the Raiders in the pot and I bet the Raiders. Yeah, they just, I mean, since he just ran straight with Mixon 30 times, I guess that's all that game was. That they, They're not going to get away with that this time. Like ordin- ordinarily, this would be a spot where I would love to fade the Raiders. I, I felt this team was overrated all season, especially early on. They don't do anything really well except get pressure on the quarterback where they are good. They're 13th in pressure rate, 18th in pass rush win rate, despite being the team that blitzes the lowest rate in the NFL, 12%. And they can, they can apply pressure with four, which sets up nicely for them here because the main weakness of this Bengals offense is up front. They can't protect Burrow. This is not a good pass blocking team at all. So that's the key for me here. This is a trenches game. And I think the Raiders have a legitimate shot at winning. How many times this year have the Raiders won when they weren't supposed to? It's happened often. Not in this first matchup against Cincy, although they what was the what was the line for this game? Dude, I think Cincy was minus one. And I was yeah, just was like, just, whoa. Yeah, I, I thought that there. was kind of crazy that Raiders were underdogs, but I guess uh market one Mo Zero there. I might bet Raiders money line here. What, I mean, it's not going to be crazy if the Raiders win this football game. And there's a lot of these this weekend where it's not crazy if the dog wins these games. And people are just piling favorites as they want to do. <laughs> in the playoffs. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So we move to Saturday night. Patriots at Bills. Highmark Stadium. Don't think there'll be as much wind as last time. Don't think there'll be as much snow as last time. And thus, we think that Josh Allen is going to have an opportunity to throw the rock. We don't trust Mac Jones to do the same. And we are all on Buffalo minus four it's minus minus four across the board if you do like the pats bet mgm is showing a four and a half so you can take that hook not very valuable of a hook but you might as well get points where you can get them we got to start with brett your 
Buffalo Bills went into Foxborough just a few weeks ago, pummeled the New England Patriots. Are we going to see more of the same on Saturday? I think so. Yeah, I'm right on, right back on Buffalo for the third time in this matchup this year. I think I had the Bills at the top of my card both times, and they'd probably be right there this time as well. I already have Real American do- Dollars on Buffalo this week. I capped this at four and a half at open, which is, you know, that that's where it opened, but then moved to three and a half. And that, that's where I jumped in at three and a half, because that's probably the best number you're going to get on the Bills this week. I don't see this ever getting to three, but I think this should be closer to six. Then it is three. See, I think this should be four and a half or five. You know, I, I was super high on New England coming into the season compared to where they sat in the market, and they have definitely overperformed expectations. But there was there was a point when this team was being treated as a top five team, and they're just not. Like I, I can't I can't get there. Not with a mediocre quarterback in the year twenty twenty one when having a a passing offense that's consistent is is so important and that's that's the key thing for me here it's josh allen versus mac jones in the cold too like we've seen this before yes but that pats game that we were at very very different conditions than what we're going to see this week this is just cold like josh allen can combat cold he cannot combat the wins that we saw on monday night i actually watched the replay of that game last night and it was unbelievable how the ball just carried right out of Allen's hands. Like he just could not, he just didn't know how to release the football in those conditions. So this is going to be a very, very different game uh, in Buffalo on Saturday. And I don't trust Mac Jones in the cold, a guy from Jacksonville, Florida, who Mo was yelling at Mac Jones that his hands were purple <laughs> when we were at that game. And it's, he, he was so uncomfortable. I just, I, and he's it's going to be freezing on Saturday night this week. So I just, I, I think he's going to be really struggling to, to stay, uh, to stay with the bills in this game, especially if they're a negative script and, and negative game flow. I don't know how the Patriots can keep up uh, if they need to throw the football. So I, I love the bills here, especially if they can get out early um, to win by at least four. I mean, I, I think this should be closer to six for sure. Good old McCorkle. I was going to throw it to Donnie because he is a fake Patriots fan, but you said there that there were people that rated the New England Patriots as a top five team this year. And I'm staring at one of them, wearing a blanket, cold AF (laughs) in Omaha. What happened, Mo? What happened to Patriots top five? Well, Mac Jones stopped playing good. That's, (laughs) you know, uh, it is kind of hard to believe that the Patriots are where they are as as poorly as Mac Jones has has been playing. And I, I say that meaning not like their record, but... The metrics are still convinced that the Patriots are still like an elite team. Um, so much green, so much green yeah, on my worksheet. A lot sheet. of green on that sheet. <laughs> I know the metrics don't say this, but I agree with Brett that I think Buffalo is definitely better than the Patriots. Uh, it's interesting. Last time these teams played, I smashed one of my biggest bets of the year: Bills team total over. I wanted to fire that again, but the the oh, the the totals moving the other way. I thought everyone was going to fire the under. Cold game, little windy, maybe a little snow. No, it's up to forty four. Uh, I missed the boat, I guess. Um, and the and the Bills team total at DraftKings is a uh, twenty four and a half. So, ah, man, I really wanted twenty three, twenty three and a half. Um, don't know if I can bet it again. 
I guess, you know, what, what worries me is the last couple of Bills games, I watched it, it just really did feel like Josh Allen kind of had to be Superman out there, uh, just making some sick plays. Little worried about their O line. I just don't know why they've been as mediocre as they've been. I, I know that like PFF and ESPN think they've been awesome, but every time I watch them, they don't look that good. And that that does make me a little nervous to to like lay a bunch of points here. So I think what I'm just gonna do on this game is is just kind of look and see if basically Mac Jones looks like a popsicle again and uh and and just see if I can get on Bills live, if that's the case. Uh, Belichick, you know, uh, scheming up a defense in the playoffs still still scares me a little bit. Um, so I, I do lean towards Bills and the over, but uh, not sure I'm going to play it. We'll, we'll see where the line moves, I guess. I, I'm, with, I'm with Brett where I, I think I would take three and a half. Um, obviously I would like throw a party if we ever saw three. Don't think that'll happen either though. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm disappointed that the, that the total moved the other way against where I wanted to bet. I, I was really hoping people were going to pile, uh, under, you know, on a cold day, I guess. Uh, but, but it doesn't look like people are buying into that. This is definitely a game where in, like you said, in my worksheet, I'm staring at a lot of green and I just don't believe it overall. Bills playing the easiest schedule in the league per football outsiders. Patriots playing what looks to be the eighth easiest schedule in the league per football outsiders. You look, you look at the last month of the season, Buffalo just beating up on Patsies, Jets, Falcons, did. Panthers. You, they see, I retweeted, somebody posted on Twitter the, the Sagarin uh, uh, schedules of, of a lot of Really soft schedules for the playoff teams this year, man. Bucks, Bills, yeah, Bucks the second Pats. second easiest schedule in the league. So I, I think overall, I'm, I'm still pumping the brakes on Buffalo, especially these defense metrics. Like you cannot tell me that Buffalo is the number one defense in EPA. Just, I just don't believe it. From what I've seen from the Chiefs in the second half of the season and the Cowboys these last couple of weeks, I think those two are far far and away the two best defenses in the league. So, but in this specific matchup, yeah, I I just, I don't see how Mac Jones can go out there and go throw for throw with Josh Allen. That being said, DP, this was DP's warnings. It's always DP's warnings. I think the Josh Allen pumpkin game, DP, it's always right around the corner. I mean, it is always right around the corner and that's obviously a concern, you know, with someone like Josh Allen, but I mean, how can you not be concerned about this New England team? If you're going to raise concerns about Josh Allen, I think you have to raise concerns about New England and in multiple areas. Their defense looks pretty crappy when they play good teams. I mean, they, yeah, they've beaten up on like the fucking Jaguars and stuff, but like, who cares about those teams? What, what does that have anything to do with anything? Every time they play a decent team, they suck. Like, they can't stop the run. They can't do anything in the past. Like, they don't really generate a decent pass rush. I don't know what's going to happen with Christian Barmore. Matthew Judon looks like he's just running around like a lunatic out there trying to get sacks on his own. Like, it just, it looks crazy on the defensive end. Offensive side, how can you trust Mac Jones? Not that, like, Mac Jones isn't going to be good over the course of his career. Like, I think he's going to be all right. But, like, right now, I mean, I. I honestly think that this might just be like a rookie wall type of thing. Like, how many games do they play in college? 12, 13? Right. Now he's going on his 19th game in the NFL. And, and with Bama, and I mean, with Bama, how many of those games does he even complete? 
Right? How many of those games does he just... Yeah, you might only get credit for like nine and a half <laughs> just games. Get, yeah. Just gets in the middle of the third quarter and turns in hands against same Houston State or some fucking team. And, and how, like how often is he under pressure in those games? Like all that sort of stuff. Like he was getting killed at the beginning of the year. And he exhibited a lot of toughness throughout the year. Like he was getting up when he got hit, all that sort of stuff. But like it just has to take a toll at some point. And I just like... It's that. It's coupled with the fact that like he's gone into big spots. The Buffalo game in New England. The Indianapolis Colts game. Even the Miami game, you know, it's like he goes into these big spots and I just don't see that he's ready for this right now. So now he's got to go on the road. I mean, unless this game is like we see some sort of crazy shift in the weather, a la like that fucking Monday night game that we went to. Like, I don't I don't see how New England wins this game. I'm going to bet Buffalo minus four. I'm just kind of waiting to see if it does dip down to the books that I have available to me to three and a half that I can grab it there. Um, but I, I will happily lay the four points. I'm with Brett that this should be closer to six. So I'm just kind of waiting around to see if I can get a better number. But ultimately, I'm going to be on Buffalo here. We move to Sunday for our third and final consensus pick. It's another rematch from the regular season as the Super Bowl 52 champion, Philadelphia Eagles, travel to the Super Bowl 55 champions and reigning champions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This one I see opening at a touchdown steams up to eight and a half across the board in the regulated books. That is mirrored the offshore showing a nine and a half. Last time I checked total of 45 and a half people are piling Tampa Bay at a 63% clip. Some wins in this game. I saw 17 miles an hour, 30% chance. 23 is what I checked. Wow. uh, Yesterday. Hashtag gusts. And yet, we all like the team that needs to run the ball against one of the best rushing defenses in the league. Brett, you're shaking your head. Vita Vea just got paid. Guys are coming back. Front seven's healthy. We all click the Eagles. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It, like, if, if you got in early on this game, you could have got Bucks minus seven. That was probably the play. Like, good job if you got that number. Uh, that's the only number I would feel comfortable with in this game, unless it gets the Eagles plus 10, which it won't. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're stuck in a dead zone now, and it's hard for me to get to a side that I like. Just to, just to echo what Mo has been talking about a lot this week, I'll let him talk about this more. But I, I don't, A, I don't trust Tom Brady to run away from teams with this crew of playmakers around him. But at the same time, like you said, this doesn't set up well at all for the Eagles offense. Like the Bucks can neutralize what Jalen Hurts and Philly does best. And that's running the football like Tampa's linebackers just fly all over the field. And when Hertz gets out of the pocket, I mean, Devin White and these guys are just going to be right there running him down. So I have no idea what to do with this. I don't have a play. Um, This is definitely a stay away at this number. First time these two teams met, Jalen Hurts was only able to escape for 44 yards out of the pocket. And threw for one. Pretty sure all of that was on like the final three drives. (laughs) I was getting to that. And only threw for 115 on 26 attempts. And this was the most garbage backdoor cover of all time with the Eagles catching a full touchdown at home in a very goofy Thursday night game where the Bucs clearly had this thing sealed away and stopped trying. Mo, I don't think anybody's in love with this side, Uh, but ultimately clicking the Eagles. What was the final straw for you? Well, I, I think the the weather is um, really interesting to me that the weather crashed the total, but the line hasn't moved. 
Don't you guys find that a little bit interesting? Like, so the total was like 50, if I remember right, when this opened. So the horrible weather reports start coming in that it might be, you know, 23 mile an hour winds and rain. And the, the total drops four points, but the line doesn't move. So doesn't plus eight and a half like automatically gain value with the lower total in these conditions? Um, yeah, I, I think that that's just those two things don't make sense to me, I guess. The only thing that I was going to say that I think is of value on this game is that if you like the Bucks, the more this total comes down, the more it makes sense to parlay it with the over. That's all. I, that's the only value I was going to add to this conversation. Yeah, what makes me hesitate really is, is first of all, like Brett said, all of Tampa Bay's strengths match up with Philly's weaknesses. So it's just like, Seems like kind of a brutal matchup for them. And I also kind of think Philly has tricked people into thinking they're better than they are by mashing multiple, multiple bad teams middle of the season on. Um, I know that beating bad teams by a million, contrary to what Donnie was saying, is supposed to be like super predictive historically. Uh, but I, I think the style of play Philly has kind of really lends themselves to steamrolling these bad teams. Uh, just pounding the rock on them and actually being able to move the ball, you know, Wisconsin style, Colts style. Uh, another game where I'm kind of looking live, I want to see if Philly is keeping it close early. If they have an early lead, if they do that, then I, I definitely like their chances and I'm willing to take a shorter number, you know, like four and a half, six, whatever it is, three and a half. Um, I, I think that, you know, if the total keeps dropping, the more I, I like, the plus eight and a half. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I think hopping on Philly live is going to be my play or, you know, maybe hopping on Tampa live if they're up 10 nil. And I think Philly is not going to be able to pass the ball to get back in the game. Basically DP, how many Scotty Miller props are going to be in your account come Sunday morning? I don't know, to be honest. Um, come on. I mean, gotta be all of them. They don't isn't even give that guy burn. Do they? Yeah. Isn't there another guy, Grayson or well, something? Isn't like, Grayson kind of- dead? Like, He's he's doubtful with that. He's doubtful. Yeah, I mean, I, I have, I mean, that's like my big thing. Kind of going back to what Brett said in terms of like the ceiling for this Bucks team. I I just don't know what ceiling they have right now. Um, in terms of being able to cover eight and a half. I mean, I I don't. I have more of a lean on this game, and it's towards Philadelphia. I don't know if I'm ultimately going to play it. I mean, like you guys have pointed out, this is, I think, the worst matchup that that. Philadelphia could have, even if you pick teams from the AFC like in the playoffs, just going up against the Bucks, who are very, very good against the run and the Eagles want to run. Um, I mean, I just, I don't know. I just don't think that this Tampa Bay has the potential right now, given all of these injuries they have, to be able to, to cover in an eight and a half. It just feels hard to me. I mean, if they do it, I won't be totally surprised. I think that would go hand in hand with Philadelphia, you know, not being able to move the ball the way that they want to move the ball. Um, but, you know, gun to my head, I would have to take the eight and a half, but I'm likely not going to have a play on this one. We move to Sunday afternoon where there's finally some divergence in the collective. It's a split game affair for Niners at Cowboys stone three across the board. Opens three, sits at three, couple minus one fifteens. Out there, DraftKings, Caesars, BetMGM in favor of Dallas. Total bouncing around 51. People loving the points in this game. 
And I'm going to kick things off in this contest because every fiber of my being knows that in this spot, I don't think it's really a bet on game. I think it's a very fair line. So in the purposes of our exercise, when we're selecting every game against the spread, I know in the back of my mind, the correct thing to do here is probably just to click the dog. That being said, I'm very worried about Jimmy Garoppolo with a torn thumb throwing against what I still believe to be the best defense in the NFL. Gregory and Lawrence up front. Diggs out here on his D'Angelo Hall. Hawking. Giving up big plays, but also Hawking. Micah Parsons just comes into the league and just is immediately elite. Replaces Vander Esch, who fell off an absolute cliff <laughs> and needed to be replaced. So this is just me, and this is from the preseason. I've bought into this Dallas team. I love this Dallas team. Uh, I think the Gallup injury is way bigger than people are assuming. I've heard a lot of people out here that think that you can just plug in Cedric Wilson. And while I think Ced's a fine enough player, like I've maintained that Gallup is better than Cooper. I think there's things that he can do down the field that are not easily replaceable. So I think he's going to be a big miss. But yeah, give, give me a Dallas team that doesn't have as much buzz as you would think a, what, 12 win Dallas Cowboys team would be. Whereas the Niners coming off that Rams win, things clicking, Debo throwing touchdowns, Kittle fully healthy, majority of the tickets are on San Fran. I just think this is a spot to, to maybe pivot on Dallas. Again, I don't think it's a bet on spot. I don't love anything here. I know that I should be clicking the dog, but there's just something rattling in the back of my mind that says Jimmy G is going to have a tough day against this defense. Donnie, you're with me on damn boys. Tell us why. I am. Listen, a lot of the stuff that you said, I, I would just echo. You know, my biggest concern is... Jimmy Garoppolo against a defense that I think can make a ton of plays. I mean, he's just, he lives on the edge a lot and, and he's not a type of quarterback that I think can live on the edge like a Josh Allen per se and just kind of get back, get by with his arm strength. I mean, that's just not who Jimmy G is. Couple that with the injury. Um, I really like this Cowboys defense in this spot. I'm not sure I would go as far as you in saying that they're the best in the league, but I, I think that they're certainly up there. And their, their, their playmaking ability can can just completely change games. On the other side of the ball, I just really like this Dallas offense. I think their high-end output is just through the roof when they're clicking on all cylinders. You know, obviously, that comes with an asterisk when they're clicking on all cylinders. Also, as long as Mike McCarthy gets out of the damn way. Um, I mean, I just don't... I see the Cowboys getting up in this game. I don't see Jimmy G in this offense being able to play from behind. I already have a Cowboys minus three ticket in my account, and I'm ready to go. Brett, we got to turn to you because last week it was a battle of love affairs for you. Your favorite roster in the league against your favorite coach and perhaps coaching philosophy in the league. You went with the Niners. You faded your Rams. You were correct. And once again, you're back on the Niners. When does this get to three and a half? I mean, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. With those 115 showing. Yeah. If you if you like the dog here. Yeah, that dude in the Discord said some three and a halfs popped, and yeah, I, I don't. I was the, looking for that. I didn't see any. I think the juice was pointing that way, so it doesn't surprise me if they do. 
Yeah, yeah, actually, there's did. some minus 120s here in Vegas. So. Yeah, I'm going to be watching the, the boards closely because, oh boy, do I like the Niners if it gets to three and a half. I'm a, I'm a little hesitant to bet three. And the total's, the total's in the 50s, so I, I don't think it's that huge of a half point. Sure. Less huge it, than, than in the 40s, but 100%, if you like the dog, wait. Yeah. P- put the phone back in your pocket, close the app, like wait and get the best number. Yeah. Well, don't 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 put the but don't put the app away because you you want to be watching. Refresh the app every fifteen minutes like a crackhead. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I I don't want to bet three because I do have a lot of uh, exposure to Niners futures already, so I don't want to bet the the number when it's not what I want it to be. But I do like the Niners because I think the the public perception here is that Jimmy G sucks. And the Niners rely too much on the run. When in reality, San Francisco has an extremely effective passing offense. Second, the NFL in yards per pass. They lead the NFL in explosive passes. This team can move the ball through the air. And this Dallas secondary is beatable. They take a lot of chances. 27th in explosive passes allowed. So as long as Jimmy G doesn't hand the game to Dallas with bonehead plays, which of course you have to bake in a little bit, especially with that thumb injury, I don't see why San Francisco can't move the football and then rely on this defense to contain Dak. Uh, so I, I think the Niners honestly are, are. I don't think I think they're right there. I, I think the Niners might actually be a better football team than Dallas. So three, I think three is too much. Three and a half is definitely too much. I, I cap this south of three. So I, I like the Niners quite a bit here. Brett talks about dumping on Jimmy G. Nobody dumps on Dak Prescott more. Then Mo Nuara put a pin on this contest, Mr. Moose. Well, what what you get? What you what numbers did you get Niners at? First of all, I'm curious. I, I got I helped helped a friend get a little Niners future in there around a hundred to one, I think. Oh wow! See, I I didn't bet them that early. That I was mid season, I, I think. Yeah, I got forty last week because I I liked them quite a bit against the Rams. Uh, I thought they would win that game last week a good amount of the time. Um, so I have I have some forties, I have some thirty fives. I bet them a little bit at twenty five this week too. I still think that number is short. We'll talk about futures later, but I do like the Niners quite a bit. Yeah, it's interesting with the Niners because they do have such a tough path. Really, uh, the market rates them quite strongly as a as an in you know one game team, but. A lot of, you know, very tough path. Uh, it's going to be like at Dallas, at Green Bay, at Tampa or something like that, you know. Um, I think this one, uh, like Rich said, I, I am worried about Dak on the Dallas side. Uh, you know, he, when he has good pockets, he looks like he can be a top five quarterback at times uh, when he's given good pockets. But you make him uncomfortable, uh, that degrades real quickly. Um I think this is just an all about trenches game, really. Uh, uh, need to keep an eye on the status of, of Trent Williams here. I think they, they're saying he's going to play hugely important against, like Rich said, Dallas pass rush. And we have a quarterback who just isn't that mobile here. Um, I, I think the game is going to be won or lost. Most important part of the game to me, though, is when Dallas has the ball. Like I said, uh, if they can protect. Uh, Prescott, then then he's going to potentially look very good here. But if they can't, I mean, we've seen him look like trash against solid defenses multiple times this year. The Chiefs, the Broncos. I know that they're putting up 50 a week on these patsies and making people think that they're the best in the world. But we've seen that won't be the case. And, and, and it is strength against strength there. I mean, the Niners, their secondary also very beatable, but they are very strong up front. Um, 
And and actually, you say you know that that they need to or they can get some some big passes here. But I actually do think they need to pound the rock. I, when I've watched Dallas this year, I'm not impressed by their run D. Um, the Chiefs completely dominated them up front. I, I think some other good offensive lines have been able to. Um, and and the Rams really have a very similarly kind of built defense to Dallas, and 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 the Niners beat their asses up front. Uh, so because of how much I think the Niners are going to be running the ball. And, and I think this is two like kind of overly conservative coaches and a lot, I, I'm a little interested in the under, uh, I know that that's going to be probably very contrarian, uh, shocker two, Mo Mo coming in with the hot contrarian, take. two good, uh, offenses indoors, but I am a little interested in the other end. And then like Brett said, I'm not positive. Dallas is better than the Niners. So I think if you can get three and a half Niners are really fine play, uh, it is the trendy dog, though. It is the trendy dog yeah. this week. I also think you guys are just discrediting the, the chances of a good Dak game. Because this Niners pass defense sucks. Their secondary sucks. If the Dallas offensive line holds up and Dak does get those, those dreamy pockets, Dallas could just shred this team. Well, that's why I said that's the most important part of the game to me, is when Dallas has the ball, what does their O-line look like? Are they winning up front against the Niners? I, I think if they do, then yeah, they they definitely can because the secondary I, I don't think is good. But if they don't, then then we might see Dak trying to roll out and and firing missiles into the turf at people's feet like he did against the Broncos. Trent Williams missed last week as well in a must-win, win-and-you're-in game. So that is definitely something to monitor in addition to whether or not you're going to get that hook if you are wanting to back the dog in this spot the snoozer of the week sunday night football nbc what are we doing here what, what honestly what who scheduled this and why steelers at chiefs opened 12 and a half i'm seeing seeing 12 and a halfs across the board 13 uh, for sure on DraftKings. I, I saw an offshore at 13 as well tickets are split 50 50 total is 46 in this game, decent enough weather, a little chilly, 36, no wind at Arrowhead. Mo, despite laying your eyes on Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers for 18 now, and an historic 18 weeks, had some Mason Rudolph sprinkled in there, you think that this team can go into your backyard and get a cover against the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah, it, it's a lot of points. You know, uh, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I think the Steelers have a great shot to win the game. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm betting the Steelers because uh, I'm not. It is a tough spot for the Steelers. I, I think a lot of the things they do well kind of play into some of Casey's strengths, mainly the pass rush. Uh, the Casey offensive line, I've given them a hard time uh, quite a quite a bit, but They've been pretty good. I don't think they've been good as PFF and ESPN win rate metrics think, but yeah, they've been pretty good. And Mahomes, he's been doing his old Mahomesy thing, navigating these pockets. So it just seems kind of hard to imagine they can defend everything the Chiefs want to do. But but last time these teams played, the Chiefs really did lean on their running game a lot. 
um, because the Steelers were really kind of dropping back in these zones. Uh, so given that, I guess it is a little bit tough to to cover huge numbers, uh, pounding the rock, moving the ball up and down the field like that. Um, I, I think the Chiefs will kind of be able to move them backward in the run game a bit. And um, <clears throat> yeah, it's it's still, it's a lot of points. Um, and, and I'm just going to echo a, a lot of, of what you said, honestly, Rich, about the Bucks game. I, I think if you bet KC, I, I really think you should probably parlay with the over for most, if not all of your bet. It's just really hard to see them covering that many points on a total this low. I mean, what are the permutations where they they make that? It's like... 30 to 13 I, I don't know I, I guess that's what like the 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 team totals are don't they get to 30 pretty much every time they cover this number and then all we need is the Steelers to be bad <laughs> don't be an, don't be an apocalypse just be bad and we'll get, we'll get an over uh with as as low as it's showing right now Brett you're on top five did they finish let me see did they finish top five in any metric? Uh, Justin Sackray. Pass rush. Justin Sackray. They got into that top five. They're back. A solid green in my worksheet, Brett. Yeah, I, I don't have... Uh, I don't have a lean on, on, on a side on this game. I kind of like the under, though. Um, I think there's a 40... There's 46 and a half so you can get right now, too. I might bet that, actually. Pittsburgh is going to do everything it can to keep the clock running. Pound the football with Harris. Uh, when these two teams played a couple weeks ago, the total closed at 44 and we're at 46 and a half now because of well, like why? Because of what happened in that game when the Chiefs just capitalized on three turnovers. Like what if this I don't know. Like, what if this is just sleepy Chiefs early in the early rounds of the playoffs again? We've seen that so many times. This is what's great about this game is if it's sleepy Chiefs, right? It's not going to be Texans 21 Chiefs nil. It's going to be. Steelers six, (laughs) Chiefs nothing in middle of the second quarter. That said, I still think the Chiefs can cover in that scenario. That's why I ultimately clicked KC. I mean, the Chiefs would have scored 50 last time if they cared to. For sure. I mean, Donnie, I feel like this is one of the first bets that went into your account when you saw that the Chiefs were laying less than two touchdowns. No, because... I honestly just I don't I don't know what to think about Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Not even Kelsey not like, even on the injury report. Full participants yeah, in practice. Listen, I, I know, I know, but like I mean, Hill was he, Hill played the whole game last week, running around on one leg like an idiot. Like, and he I went mean, in well, when it mattered, right? When they had that goal line package that they they needed to get Tyreek out there, sprinted out, ran his plays. Like it, again, if it was a very meaningful game. I think he would have been out there, but I just don't think KC gives a fuck about seeding. They they know they're the best team in football, and they weren't really that concerned with seeding. But that's kind of my point. If they don't care about seeding, why is Tyreek Hill out there at all? He was literally on one leg, like he couldn't like r- run right because he was like bouncing around weird. Yeah, he could just be just sit him down, man. He could just be being soft. <laughs> Get out there and run around, Tyreek. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to take the approach that I've taken the past couple of postseasons with the Chiefs in this spot. Amen. Look Can't like, wait for it. Tell the people look, the, the number look, one strategy in all of sports betting. Look to just live bet them. Hope to dear God the Steelers win the coin toss and somehow go down the field with some scripted first drive and score a touchdown. And then I can bet the Chiefs at, you know, a, less than 12 and a half. I mean, it, I am 
I do want to side with the Chiefs. Yes, as you said, they're getting less than two touchdowns here. I certainly don't believe in the Steelers' offense or Ben Roethlisberger going on the road like in, in this spot. But that's just a lot of points to lay, man. I mean, Jesus. Like, <laughs> I know the Steelers are bad, but like, what if the Chiefs are just kind of going through the motions out there just to get a win and not get anyone hurt? I, I, I don't know. I'm just kind of worried about that is my biggest concern. Like, in no way do I think the Steelers are going to win this game, but I just worry about the fact that they cover the number. I agree with, you know, Moe's thinking of, you know, if you're going to bet the Chiefs parlay with the over. Me, personally, I'm going to look to kind of approach this one from a, a live betting stance and, and, and go about it that way. The sick thing is that these books have adjusted on those live lines. Like, the Chiefs will be down two touchdowns and still be minus three and a half. Like, it's, it's insane how much respect they get from the market. We move on to the final game, the Monday night hammer of the wild card round. And it's the only lone wolf on the card. And of course, it comes from Mr. Best Roster in the NFL himself. Burt Minotti is backing Los Angeles minus no, he's four. not. <laughs> no, he's not. I had you made me pick a side in this game, so I I, I took the Rams. That's I, not how this works. I'm Every seeing... one you click is ten units. <laughs> That's all there is to it. I will play. Always be producing hashtag content. Seeing some three and a halfs out there. So if you actually do like the Rams, be sure to shop around. Total of forty nine and a half. Tickets split right down the middle. I think this might be the most entertaining game of the weekend, Brett. And that usually signals don't bet. Just sit back, open up a pop, and enjoy the game. 100%. I am going to do a little more diving into this game because it's kind of fun to dive into. And it requires more work because we're, what, 19 weeks into the season? I still don't know what these two teams are. Like, the Rams look like world beaters one week. And then Stafford follows it up with a putrid performance. He's done that how many times this year? We never saw this when he was with the Lions. Who is this guy? And and the Cardinals, I never believed in all season, but their offense has been in decline since Hopkins was, was taken out of this lineup. I don't really know what this team is either. So ultimately, I I there's no way I'm going to have any action on this game. This is going to be a fun one to watch. Uh, mostly because I think the uh, the outcomes are are pretty spread out. <laughs> I don't. I, I just don't know what to expect in this game. Mo, how sick and tired are you of the Los Angeles Rams? So that's one of the things. Uh, <laughs> you know, I I don't know if it's going to be as entertaining as maybe everybody thinks. Uh, yeah, I kind of am interested in the under again here. Um, I think there's a perception that this is kind of too high-flying offenses uh, when really it's been the Cards defense that's probably been better than their offense for a lot of the season. Um, And Stafford has not been that good lately. Uh, It's really definitely been the Rams defense mopping up uh, kind of these bad teams late in the season. And even uh, some good offenses like the Vikings um, really, really getting shut down for most of the game. I'm going to take the cards here because I, I think it's at least half a point high. Um, and NFC West dogs have been like a printing money printing machine for several years in a row now. Um, 
yeah, it's just the Rams, man, negative home field and and a soft team that I just don't trust, man. That was disgusting. It was despicable what they did against the Niners. 17-0 against a broken quarterback, and they, they just got the ball crammed down their gullets. You can step on the throat of a division rival, knock him out of the playoffs, yeah, yeah. and piss away. I, the I've been down on the cards all year, but Stafford... I'm just I'm kind of out on him right now. I need to see him play better. His only good game recently was really against the Cardinals. Um, I don't know if that was just random or if there's something predictive about the way the Cardinals play. But yeah, I, I think I think under a number around 50 is probably good here. DP, there's just I feel like these are two teams you hate. You hate Los Angeles. You hate the city. You hate the Rams. You were bagging on how bad their fans are. I was just full of Niners fans last week, and you hate the human YouTube real team that is Arizona. This is the this is, is the least correct. this is the least watch for DP. Weren't the Rams complaining this last week yeah, about Stafford said the, it was the hard noise to, in their own he, stadium? He said like, it was oh. hard to get off plays. Well, yeah, that's because your fans suck, and you don't have actual <laughs> fans at your game. You saw the stands; it was all red last week. I mean, not that it's going to be a lot of stuff with the Cardinals because I don't think their fan base is exactly the biggest fan base in the world. But I'm kind of with Mo in terms of like just this game. Like, I don't think it's going to be as entertaining as people think it's going to be. Um, I mean, it might be entertaining from the fact that there might be a lot of just stupid boneheaded plays because, you know, Cliff Kingsbury does some really dumb shit. And then Matthew Stafford has looked like a disaster half the season. So th- in terms of me picking the Cardinals, I mean, I'm mostly just fading this Rams team that I just can't, I can't believe in. I can't, I can't, like, I just don't know what it is. Like, the, on, like Brett has been saying all fucking season long, on paper, they should be awesome. I get it, you know, but like, I, I just, every single week they go out and they look like the complete opposite of what's on paper. I'm like, I can't, I can't believe in you if over the balance of the season, you've looked like idiots the whole time. Like, I just can't do it. Led by your quarterback who throws multiple picks every single week, it seems like. I just, I can't, I can't get behind it. It's like once every four games, they look like they're supposed to. And even then, has it ever been from minute one to minute 60? Even then, I feel like it's been have flashes. They like, have they like, have the Rams put up like a 50 burger on somebody? Just absolutely, just, just been like, we're going to win 50 to fucking seven, end of story, like crush everyone. No, it's like they're in, like, like in the 20s every week. Like what is happening? Yeah, it's they they took that Eagles dream team of of Vic and company a couple of years ago, and they compressed it even further by assembling all these players mid season, trading for Von Miller, trading for OBJ, zero cohesion, no training camp, no nothing. They're just an assembled group of stars, and it just hasn't clicked yet. And I I just don't want to be the one predicting that click. I'd rather just trust what I've seen and fade them until I see it. And that might be stubborn. That might be everyone that faded the Warriors, right? Like, you can't win a championship shooting threes because I've never seen it before. And we sure as hell saw it. Not once. Not twice. (laughs) For the dubs. And that's Wild Card Weekend. Let's talk futures. Mo and Brett had a futures conversation break out there in the middle of the pod. Brett said, let's save it to the end. Always be producing. Good job, buddy. So, Mo, let's pick up that conversation. Let's talk futures. What was going on there? I think it's kind of interesting to look at a few teams here. Uh, The teams that are of most interest to me, I think, are the ones I, I wrote up. 
just dropped an article on the lines. Thelines.com. For where the market is seeing these teams, I think the Titans are the most interesting team to look at because they do have kind of a shorter number. But at the same time, right now, they're not being rated as even like a top six playoff team or even above the median playoff team. They're below the fold, as you would say, uh, right now. Um, So... I don't know what to do with them. Like Brett said, it's such an interesting spot because they're they're being their futures prices by the Bucks and the Bills, who would both be like minus six and a half against them if they played tomorrow. Um, but we know the buy is is huge, and we know this could be a totally different team. This was a totally different team when they had Derrick Henry. They're beating the Bills. They're beating the Chiefs. So I I don't know what to do with them, but I think if Basically, I'm looking for them if they play the Bengals. Anything south of a field goal, I'm dumping on the Titans, I think, in that spot. So I guess, given that, uh, how bad can plus 850 really be? But yeah, it, they're an interesting team to look at. Bucks and pay, uh, Packers, I think, are also really interesting. Two teams kind of going in opposite directions injury-wise. Bucks getting worse, Packers getting better. Uh, so th- those situations are, are really, um, kind of fluid and, and I guess fluid situations like that are maybe the spots where you could, could find more value in the futures. Ultimately, if I had to click on a team, I think I would click on the chiefs, uh, plus 500 available at bet MGM. I think that's pretty good. I, I think this team still has another gear. You know, we've seen it the last two years. They can turn it on. Uh, hashtag when it matters. So, yeah, I, I don't see that much value on the board right now. I'll be honest. So, uh, curious to hear what you guys have to say, Brett. You were backing the Titans pre-pod as well, saying there might be some value there. I just pulled up a parlay calculator, and I just for fun, I just threw in minus two hundred plus two hundred, assuming the Titans are minus 200 next week and if they go on to win they'll be around plus 200 against the Chiefs and that spits out 350 which is similar to the 330 that's showing on DraftKings right now for them to win the conference which is quite rare you usually don't get something that aligns that much and in the scenario that somehow the Chiefs get upset you're obviously going to get better odds uh, on your parlay calculator there so it might be worth putting a taste on the titans man i don't like it but it makes logical sense trust me i don't like it either but I, this is what i'm thinking is is a is a bet on the titans to win the afc you know guys i i think just because of the ceiling they offer with a healthy henry at home all the way through the afc i i think that there has to be value there now can they beat the the packers bucks niners on neutral no i don't like them in that spot but i think uh, given how this sets up for them right now yeah, I probably will have a little taste of the Titans in the AFC just because everyone is down on this team. And I think now is probably the time to buy just because of the ceiling they offer. I hate it. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I mean, but the, this market, is, the market. What does Donnie think? Well, this is what I was going to say. ODB is doing cartwheels right now, <laughs> listening to us fap over the fucking Titans. Well, here's the, after we've just talked all season about how we can't wait to fucking fade this stupid team. This is more of a result of the futures market being absolute fucking garbage when you get to the playoffs. That's really what's going on here. The futures market is always tough to find value from week one on. And the further along you get through the season, 
the more data that these books get to collect, the sharper the numbers get. And when, when future numbers get sharp, the value gets sucked all the way out of them. Sharp you, numbers plus high vig. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the, the cost of doing business with these uh, regulated books. DP, what are your opinions on the market? Nobody's talked about the NFC yet. The NFC is the one that's pretty wide open, too. Yeah, I have an NFC take, um, but I'll just say that I agree with these guys on the Titans as, as much as I've, you know, wanted to be able to fade them. I, I just think that the fact that there's been so much shift in the market, you know, in terms of how they're they're looked at, yeah, as long as Derrick Henry's all right, and I know we're kind of betting on the unknown right now, but I think I think it'll ultimately be be all right. And then in terms of the NFC, Donnie never out of poker. Yep, just dropping chips everywhere. Um, as long as uh, or sorry, over in the NFC, I like the Cowboys. If I had to bet someone, I mean, it's not the greatest number. I'm just, like, you Twelve see, plus to one to win the Super Bowl. I think that's yeah, I mean, worth a shout. Yeah. No, I I don't think it's the worst number. I mean, it's it's just like you said. There's just a lot of value that gets hammered out of this stuff come this time. Something else that I wouldn't mind, and I would need to dig into this one further, is the Cardinals. Can't believe I'm going to fucking say that because I can't stand the Cardinals. But I think there's some 2200s out there. This is mostly a bet on the fact that I would need to look into if DeAndre Hopkins is going to be able to come back. Because if I don't think they have a, if I think they have a chance to beat the Rams this week, because I'm not high on the Rams, and then I think DeAndre Hopkins has a chance to come back, I think everything changes for the Cardinals. I mean, so, this number. Yeah, just to throw something out there here, um, I, I think on this one, I believe they said his first chance to come back is going to be NFC Championship. So just go with that. I think for your for your handicapping purposes, and yeah, that's all I wanted to interject with there. So he's yeah, got I mean, a, so that, he's got a shot what I need to look into. So he's got a shot to play in the third game and then he would get 2 weeks to rest and and play in a potential Super Bowl. Don't hate it. The thing about the boys I mean, this is not this is not a number with DeAndre Hopkins baked into it. Like this is clearly thinking that he's not available. The thing about the thing smart. about the Cowboys is that week 1 we saw a Tampa Bay team at full strength struggle against a Cowboys team that hadn't put it together yet. That had a lot of young pieces on defense. Micah Parsons was clueless in that game. A lot of hurt players on defense. And the complete opposite road to the playoffs has happened. The Bucs have all gotten hurt. They're crawling to the finish. And the Cowboys' young players have developed into incredible players. What's going to happen when they meet again in Tampa Bay? The Cowboys can win that game. Every play in that game was just Tom Brady faking a handoff and laughing while Micah Parsons (laughs) charged headlong into the offensive line. (laughs) So yeah, I think Cowboys plus twelve hundred is worth a shout. But again, I just I just threw some numbers in in a parlay calculator here, and like I'm getting like fifteen hundred, sixteen hundred. So it could just be the old fire your own parlay. Might see an article about that on thelines.com. TheLines.com. Well, that's a great place to finish. Mo doing work, rocking the gear, TheLines.com. Brett as well, rocking the hoodie. Absolutely proud to be presented by the folks at The Lines and very excited to watch the football this weekend. I feel like I woke up as the podcast went on. Much sharper than the intro <laughs> that I vlogged. Follow these guys on Twitter. 
at Mo Noir, N-U-W-W-A-R-A-H, at Donnie underscore Peters, and at Brett Colson, C-O-L-L-S-O-N. I'm at Rich T. Ryan. Best of luck to our Topple the Moose participants. Best of luck to five kids all in holding your lead. We'll talk to you next week. Peace. Peace.